BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the Balanced Lawn Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today is a very special episode where we talk to Ayana Lodge. She is a fashion blogger, health and lifestyle blogger. You may know her from Instagram at Ayana Gabrielle Lodge. She also has a blog called Exo Ayana. She's a writer. She writes about tons of important topics and I found her not too long ago but have become such a quick fan and friend and it's so fun to follow each other and chat with her now. She is a mom-to-be. In fact, when this episode comes out, she will be due with her baby so soon, so soon. She's due in August. So, Follow her on Instagram for all the cute pregnancy content and soon-to-be mom content. She writes about so many important topics, such as why the hustle mentality is BS, which I'm such a fan of and totally agree with. She also writes about how to talk to your children about race, which is such an important topic. She also did an IGTV on the same topic. She has a lot of great IGTVs actually, which is how I discovered her. And now I'm just so happy to be following along with her and everything that she shares. She also had an amazing IGTV about racism in the Christian church, which I found so interesting. So I highly recommend watching that. She's very open on her social media about everything from marriage to mental health, to experiencing racism, to fashion and living in Tampa and so many other things. She's just a wonderful lifestyle blogger, wonderful writer. And this was a fun conversation. It felt like I had known her again for so long. I say again, because lately I always find myself saying, about my guests. Oh, I felt like I know them forever. And that's because I'm so picky with the guests that I have on the podcast. I have to feel a deep connection with someone in order to know that I want to have them on the Soul on Fire podcast. And I felt that with Ayana right away. And so I felt so connected to her. I felt like I had known her for so long. I've been so tuned into her content recently. She shares such insightful tips and thoughts and outfits. And she recently had an adorable drive-through baby shower. And she also posts the funniest content with her and her husband, which I can relate to very much. And she posted this funny thing with her and her husband that I ended up doing with Jonathan and then my dad on TikTok, which is like just a little jokester challenge where you say, do you think you could have been nicer to me today to your husband or your dad or whoever? And it's just pretty hilarious, the responses that you get. So love Ayana. Very excited to share her story with you guys. Check her out on Instagram. Show her some love, some TBB fam love. 
And before we dive into the episode, just wanted to remind you guys, if you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, I have a free yoga ebook to send you as a thank you. So just send me your rating and review to jordanatthebalancebond.com so I can thank you personally and send you the free yoga ebook. Also, just wanted to remind you per last week's episode that you can still sign up for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, Nutrition School, the nutrition school that I went to six years ago that totally changed my life and my business. So if you're interested in signing up for their summer session, we will leave a link below. The summer session started last week, but you can still sign up now. It's not too hard to catch up. You will be able to sign up for the next week or so for the summer session. And you can use my code, which is in the show notes, integrativenutrition.com slash thebalancedblonde for $2,000 off of your tuition and also for free gifts from me. So check them out. Let me know if you have any questions. And before we dive into this conversation with Ayana, I just wanted to take a moment to thank our fabulous sponsor, Go Macro. So you guys know Go Macro is my number one vegan protein bar company. They're my go-to. They're my favorite. We had them in our wedding gift bags for a reason. I have so many different favorite flavors. I think right now my current favorite flavor is peanut butter chocolate chip, just because I am a peanut butter chocolate chip fan with absolutely everything. I think you guys know that peanut butter chocolate chip wins in my book every day. You can use the code blonde for 30% off plus free shipping. So that's a pretty amazing offer. You just go to gomacro.com, enter the code blonde, and you'll get 30% off of your order plus free shipping. Go Macro bars are made from simple, high quality ingredients that are certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. They're available in 15 different flavors and they're packed with 100% plant-based ingredients. So they're totally healthy one of the only bars that I've found that really lives up to the standard of clean ingredients, minimal ingredients, ingredients that you can pronounce. And something super exciting is that they now have smaller bars. So they're kids macro bars, but I find I eat them anyway when I'm on the go. They're like that perfect miniature size protein bar. They have special flavors for kids like peanut butter cup, which is so delicious. I've been enjoying that one a lot. And what I love about them so much is that we have a very similar mission, which is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle and have a positive effect on the world. So if you guys want to support a mother-daughter-owned business with the most delicious products ever, and completely vegan, completely organic, completely non-GMO. Check them out. Use that code BLONDE at checkout at gomacro.com and enjoy. Now let's head into this episode with Ayana. Okay. Well, Ayana, I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm so happy that this worked out. We've been talking on Instagram. I've been following along with your pregnancy journey and everything that you share. So if you could introduce yourself, say hi to our Soul on Fire listeners and tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. So my name is Ayana, as Jordan said. I live in Tampa, Florida with my husband and my tiny dog. She's a poodle mix, we think. We adopted her from a shelter, so we don't really know, but she's a cute one. And yeah, so I'm expecting um, a little girl in August, so that's also super exciting and super tiring. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, I work as just like, I I kind of, I, I, I never know how to describe it because I do freelance writing. I do freelance digital marketing. I also like sometimes will do brand partnerships through my blog. Um, so it's like anything and everything, <laughs> like anything that, you know, I will take on pretty much anything I can get. But yeah, so I'm a freelance digital creative and I feel like that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Just the creative entrepreneur life. We, we do it all. It's hard to explain. It's impossible to like categorize. 
It, it really is. And how long have you been doing this? When did you start your blog? Um, so I started my blog at the end of 2017. So we are going on three years. That's so exciting. What, what inspired you to get into the blog world? I honestly had no, I, I feel like everyone says this, but I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, not like in a bad way. I think I just kind of was like, I used to work in journalism. I've always enjoyed writing. So I kind of just wanted a place to share my thoughts and like, just to, I mean, it, it kind of started just like, I want to share like fun, fluffy, like fashion content and just like what's happening in my life. And just, you know, like anyone starting a blog, like I just kind of want like another creative outlet. And then probably within a year or so of starting it, then I started to like get offers from brands. And I still was like, had a very modest audience, but um, I started to realize that, okay, like this could be like a fun side hustle. So yeah, so since then, so I would say for the past like year and a half, it's been for fun and then also like some business. I love that. And you've been into writing since before. That was kind of similar to my journey. Writing was always had my heart. And then starting a blog was so cool because I realized I could put those right, my love for writing and those skills that I had studied, but I could just talk about my life. And that was such a cool feeling. No, I feel like that is the beauty of it. Like you are completely open to share. Like there are no boundaries. You can share whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. So I saw something that you shared recently where you were resharing a video of how you told your husband that you were expecting a baby. That was such a cute idea. Just tell us about that because that was a fun story. A little fun yeah, story. So, so summer of... Spring of 2019, I got pregnant um, super easily and like was having like a very uncomplicated pregnancy. And then very unexpectedly, we found out that the baby had trisomy 18, um, which caused a miscarriage. So uh, around so around Christmas of last year, um, which was when I would have been due, like had had the baby boy been healthy. We just like wanted to get out of town. We didn't really like want to be reminded of what would have been. So, you know, we're in Florida. We drove up to the mountains of North Carolina and we'd kind of been like, we'd been in that phase where we were like trying, but not, I don't want to say like not, not trying because we definitely wanted to have a baby, but I wasn't super stressed about it yet, but the waiting was really anxiety inducing. But anyway, I was like, it was so funny because like, I was literally was like, we'll have this vacation. We're going to go to wineries. We're going to like eat soft cheese. Like we're going to do all the things before I get pregnant again. And then on, I was expecting my period. So I brought, like I bought, brought tampons, but I also brought pregnancy tests because if you've ever tried for a baby, you know what that's like. And the first, so we got there like on a Friday night and Saturday morning, I woke up just like not feeling, it just felt terrible. Um, and the night before I felt really nauseous and dizzy, but we thought it was just like altitude sickness from being in the car and being like driving up the mountains. But anyway, yeah. So I took a pregnancy test while Wagner, my husband was still sleeping and it was positive and I was freaking out, but I'd had this idea for like several months to like how I was going to film his reactions. That way I'd have it forever. So yeah, um, I feel like it's, it's like the video does a better job of like showing what actually happened, but I told him I wanted to like film like behind the scenes of us, um, taking a picture together, which he should have been suspicious of because I was in my pajamas, like not wearing any makeup, right. like unbelievable story, but I was like, my hands were shaking and I was so excited to tell him. So I set up, I set up his phone to film. And then I took a selfie of us and I told him to close his eyes. And then I was holding positive pregnancy tests. But yeah, it was so emotional. And it was just so like, cute. it was so unexpected for us to find out, you know, that I was pregnant again, like right before. I think we found out like three or four days before my first due date. So it was just really special timing. And it was just, it was really, yeah, I that cried is- every the video. 
Oh my God. I know the video gave me chills. It was so special. And then watching you tell your parents that you were pregnant, the time. Yeah, no. And I feel like the, like experiencing a pregnancy after a hard journey, like whether that's loss or infertility or just anything, like it just is so much, I just feel like, because obviously like the first time when I got pregnant, we were super excited and we were super stoked, but like, it just was so much, I don't want to say more meaningful, but like, I just feel like we were so much more grateful because we know now like how many things can go wrong in a pregnancy. Absolutely. So were you nervous at first when you found out that you were pregnant, that something might happen again? I was so anxious, but the funny thing is, so my first pregnancy was like, I was like a little bit sick, but not anything crazy. And the second time, so this pregnancy, the first four months, I was literally throwing up like nonstop. So like the blessing in disguise, I feel like was that I was so sick that I almost didn't have time to like, okay, so I'll say this, like getting sick is not a guarantee that you will have like a healthy pregnancy, but they always say like, if you're experiencing symptoms, like, okay, like the hormones are probably there. The baby's probably growing, whatever. So yeah, I was worried, but then I was spending so much time growing up that I feel like I didn't have time to even think about anything. Right. Well, yeah, that is a blessing in disguise. And now you're so close to your due date. You have like a month and a half left and I'm so excited for you. And it must be very interesting to be pregnant during a pandemic. Oh yeah. So with everything going on in the world, how does that feel? I'm sure that you had no idea that your pregnancy would be quite like this. I feel like I've been super lucky in that I already worked from home full time. My husband has been able to work from home. So like for the most part, financially, we haven't been too impacted, but it definitely like, I did find myself having to shift my expectations very quickly. Like no baby moon. No, like going to church every week and catching up with my pregnant friends, you know? So, I mean, it's definitely, I think I've been glad that my husband's been at home, but it's definitely been like lonely. And I feel like in pregnancy, like you were already so just full of emotion and hormones that it's, you know, it's been rough, but I mean, I will say that we have had way more time together than I ever would have thought that we'd have. Like if he'd been working and if I'd been super busy with like work and friends and just life, I feel like we wouldn't have spent as much time together ahead of her getting here. Right. So that's been like the blessing, but yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely super scary, you know, being pregnant during a time when researchers are kind of like, we don't know how this affects babies if they get it. Oh, so scary. Yeah. yeah. But everything's going to be fine. I love your positive outlook. Love that you guys are getting this special time together before baby girl comes. So you mentioned church and you have some interesting videos that I've watched about you talking about growing up in the Christian church and racism and how that all kind of intersects. And I would love for you to talk about that here if you're comfortable getting into it. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in a predominantly Black church. You know, my dad was a pastor. He still is. But when I was growing up, he pastored a church that was mostly Black people. And when I met my now husband, who is, he's from Brazil, but he's a white Latino. So he was working and doing music at a predominantly white church. And so that was kind of like my first introduction to like, I I guess like the white evangelical church. And it definitely wasn't all bad, but I, in retrospect, like so much of the racism and just like, hostility that I experience that I've experienced in my life in conversations about race has been with white Christians. And I feel like people always get like really defensive because they feel like I'm generalizing. And it's like, if it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't apply. But in my personal experience, like this is the demographic that has been most angry when I'm speaking up about anti-racism. So, I mean, I think that my like relationship 
relationship with spirituality has definitely changed over the years. I mean, I still call myself a Christian and we do have a church that we attend regularly and that we really like, but I definitely struggled because I couldn't reconcile like this idea of like a loving God with the way that people were treating me. So it, it, yeah, I mean, especially like in my early twenties, it was really, really rough to process. Like what were some things that people would say to you or what were some things that you experienced? Yeah. I mean, there, I feel like the most, so like the most egregious thing that happened actually happened at a church that Wagner was a full-time employee at. And basically like one of the pastors was making fun of the way that black people talk. I'm not realizing that I was nearby and overheard the conversation. And then like, it just became this huge thing and it was awful. But even then, like hearing people say like, just basically like, like, I feel like that also was the group that was like most against Black Lives Matter from the start, like very much like this isn't, this is very divisive. This isn't something that Christians should be a part of. And then of course, I think like this wasn't like a direct act of anything against me, but you know, 81% of white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump in the 2016 election. And so I think that that was also something that was really eye-opening for me because like going to church with people and realizing, because like my husband, his family immigrated here. He, so he, they are Brazilian immigrants. Like his whole family speaks English as a second language. And so just like after hearing the rhetoric that the president was slinging against immigrants and against people of color and so many groups, and then realizing like, wow, like these people who we spend all of our time with voted for him and support him. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was difficult. It was a rough year. 2016 was not good. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard. I mean, my jaw hit the floor when you said that your pastor was making fun of the way black people talk. I mean, that's just so strange to me right. for anyone to do, especially a leadership figure. So I'm sure that must have felt terrible. But I know you said on your video that I saw, you found a church that you're more comfortable going to, where you feel like the community yeah. is more accepting and diverse. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, that was like, even at our church where that happened, it, it was a... It's, it's a mega church with like thousands of people. And it was just like one pastor out of, you know, this huge staff. But the way that it was handled and the re response to it just kind of confirmed for me, like, okay, if we're still going to go to church, we're going to have to find one where we don't feel like we have to like constantly basically prove to people that I'm worthy of being taken seriously and treated equally. So yeah, so that, um, that experience was unfortunate, but I do think it made it that much sweeter to find a church that is very justice oriented and super welcoming to everyone. Yeah. It's so been pretty rad for sure. Yeah. As it should be. That's, that's good. I'm glad that you found that. And what's your relationship to spirituality now? Because you said, you said something about your still Christian, you still go to church, but you, your relationship to spirituality has changed a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like I was raised in the churches that we were going to were very, very like traditional. Like for one example is that I wasn't allowed to go to retreating um, growing up. Like really? my parents, yeah. <laughs> because my parents thought that it was like of the devil. Oh, um, so it was like deep religious. Right. Okay. So I, that, um, so I think that in general, I've just become way more open, you know, coming from like this background growing up and in my teens and even like in my early twenties of it being very much like, I don't know, everything was just very much like black and white. You know what I mean? So I feel like just growing up and even studying the Bible and like, having conversations with people and questioning 
kind of what I've always believed has made me like way more open and way more accepting. Like even growing up, um, like my church, like so many others taught that like being LGBTQ was a sin. And like, that was just something that wasn't questioned. But then of course, like I made it to adulthood and I'm like, wait a minute, like I am meeting people who are gay and who are in new relationships who are wonderful people. And I don't think that they are sinning or doing anything wrong through their very existence, you know? So, I mean, I think that just like life experiences have made me more open and more questioning pretty much of everything. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm always so fascinated to talk about this because I didn't really grow up religious. I grew up Jewish, but like only because I wanted to have a bat mitzvah. And I mean, like my family was Jewish. My ancestors are Jewish, but my family is not very religious. So I would go to temple, but it was this very open place. I mean, everybody was accepting and we were more just about the community versus like the religious beliefs. So I'm always so fascinated to have these conversations because I just didn't grow up around it. I I was all about the trick-or-treating and like (laughs) it didn't even dawn on me why you weren't allowed to trick-or-treat until you said it. So yeah, I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter either. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh yeah. I missed out. Harry Potter is, I loved it when I was a kid. No, I, I was very jealous of my friends. And like, I'm super close to my parents now. And like, I don't know that they would be a strict, um, like I'm the oldest child. And I feel like, I don't know, like your parents sometimes, is, like it's their miss, you know what I mean? Yeah, that has um, a lot to do with it for sure. But, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the way that I was brought up kind of informed my worldview when I was much younger. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm the youngest. So I feel like we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm the youngest of four and anything that was strict when my siblings were older or when my siblings were kids, it was just not a rule anymore by the time I came along. So out of their system with the first kid, I feel like. (laughs) For sure. How many siblings do you have? I have two little sisters. Oh, nice. Are you all close? We are. Yeah. We all live, Bagner and I haven't always lived. So we're from Tampa, but we, when we um, first got married, he was working at a church, not here. So we moved, Um, but we moved back in 2018. So now like my sisters are done with college and they're both working in Tampa. My parents live here. His parents live here. So it's just super fun because everyone's in the same place. Yeah. So we're so stoked. Yeah. It's so nice to have family close. There's nothing better. Yeah. I love that. So I want to talk about one of the videos you made that went very viral. Okay. Virtue signaling. More than a million views, right? Yeah. I think that the last time I checked, it was like 900, like 930,000. Right. It did get shared like way more widely than I could have ever anticipated. I think that might be how I found you now that I'm thinking about it. It probably is. Because it got a million sh- other people. <laughs> it got shared by like 20,000 times or something ridiculous. So did that surprise you or did oh, that? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I basically, and if you've seen the video, like I know that you've seen it, you can tell that it's like not, like it was very much thrown together because I just downloaded it from Instagram stories. Like, you know how you just like open your stories and you say something and then like, you don't think about it again. Yeah. Um, well, someone asked me like, Hey, I really enjoyed your stories on, and the topic was whether or not it's virtue signaling to share Black Lives Matter. Like, is there any value if you're not Black in making your stance public or are you just doing it because everyone else is doing it? So anyway, I just put up, I think that the final video was like three minutes. Um, it's just me giving my thoughts on it. And someone was like, hey, I'd love to share this. Um, can you basically like do something more permanent with it rather than it just being like, go watch this girl's stories. So I was kind of like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I made it in Instagram TV and I still did. I'd never done anything like that before. Like just me talking at the camera um, in my Instagram feed. I didn't really expect it to get any sort of response. I just kind of expected it to be like what my normal Instagram engagement was. But then it just 
started to spread like wildfire, which was so unexpected and so wild. Yeah. And it was a really helpful video. I mean, for people out there like me who truly at the time and still, because it's only been a few weeks, I really have no idea like what the best way to support this movement is because I don't want to take up space and share my opinion or my feelings, but I want to show my support, but I don't want to be performative. And it's like, what do you do to really just be a good person and show your support? So for anybody else out there like me who's listening, what would, what would, what would you say to those of us who just are wanting to do the best that we can? No, I mean, I feel like the one thing that I've learned in over this past month has been that even for me, like, regardless of what you say or what you do, like you're not, you, you will still get criticism and you might even get valid criticism. So I think that I am like very much a people pleaser and my response when I get any pushback, my like natural response is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I'll delete it. I'll take it down. I'm so sorry. But I've realized like, it's like, it's okay. Like if I put something up and I get a response from someone who disagrees, I mean, and I've even had black people, you know, people who are experiencing very similar things to what I've gone through, respond to my videos and say like, I don't agree with the way that you shared this. And what I've realized is that's completely and totally okay and normal. Like we are all, we all have different experiences and we all approach things differently. I mean, I think my biggest, my, like my tip to people would be to not let yourself become so just paralyzed by fear of offending someone that you ignore, whether it's Black Lives Matter or something else, but you ignore what's happening in the world and then offend everyone (laughs) by like, just, I mean, because I'm sure Jordan that you've seen, and I've seen so many people who kind of were just like business as usual. And then people were very much like, what is wrong with you? Right. Totally. I mean, I think that that's the thing. Like my advice would be to acknowledge it, to not just like, um, cause I even follow influencers who like took a few days off of Instagram, kind of like when like when Blackout Tuesday was happening and like when people were muting themselves and returned like without a word. Um, and I get, I get why some people are like, okay, I don't want to offend anyone. So I'm just going to disappear and then wait for this to blow over. But at the same time, you know, what I've tried to be very open with about people, like when I'm talking to people is, you know, for black people, when we're talking about this specific movement and this injustice that we're addressing, like there is no back to normal, like this is day-to-day life in America. So I think that what I'm trying to, like what I've told people is don't feel like you have to dedicate your entire life's work. Like you don't have to quit your job and become an anti-racist activist. But I think that it is really valuable, especially if you have a platform where you know that people are following you who have differing views to have hard conversations, to be open about what you're learning, to call out subtle racism when you see it, um, because I think that that's really what makes a difference. But I mean, to your point, I totally understand the fear of like, I don't want to get this wrong, but I would say just, if anyone's listening and they're kind of stuck in that, just try not to let that stop you from saying something in the first place. Yeah, that's a really good tip. And that's what I've realized over the last few weeks, almost a month is just speak up, share your truth, do the work, learn, and you can't really go wrong. You're still going to offend some people because that's just life. Um, But what I found, which is really interesting and strange, I think, is that the only people that openly seem to be offended or irritated by anything that I've shared are white women like fellow white women. And I wanted to get your opinion on that because it is, it's something I've noticed and I don't know where it comes from. Like, is it coming from their own guilt? I mean, I, I can't analyze everyone's situation, but, um, no matter what I say, there's going to be a white woman who follows me. Who's like, no, you got it all wrong. And I'm like, what, what do you know? I mean, like, what do you know that I don't know? Like, seriously. So And I think that um, I, funnily enough, have experienced a lot of the same thing. And 
So like, I'm always open to constructive criticism and I'm always open to feedback. But what I had to, because after the video went viral, I started to gain followers and gain a lot of attention. Um, and all was happening very quickly. And I was kind of in the mindset of first, first at like, I want to help as many people as possible. Like people are listening. Like if you message me, I'm going to help you out and I'm going to explain myself to you. And then, um, I just kind of realized I was like, not everyone who reaches out to me is doing so. Like, I think that I was approaching it. Like if I were going to DM someone and basically say like, Hey, I think you're wrong about this. I would be approaching it from like a very like humble, genuine place of like, I want to do better, but like, I don't get this. But I realized that isn't this sounds so naive and sad, but like, it really took me getting like, okay, so let me say this. Like I had a white woman who messaged me and basically was like, how can something be racist if someone doesn't intend for it to be racist? And I like sent her like this super long voice memo. I like went back and forth with her. And then I shared a few days later, I shared a brand that um, was like getting called out for paying black influencers less. And she basically responded and was like, I wish that I could follow you but you're making it impossible. Not everything is about race. Like basically like stop playing the victim. And I, I honestly, as silly as it sounds like it really got to me because I was kind of like, man, like I thought that I was like doing this amazing thing and helping this woman learn when she had no intention of changing her mind anyway. Um, so I think that for me, yes, almost all of the like ridiculous comments that I've gotten have been from white women. And I have, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Like, I, it's difficult to even place, like, why it is. I mean, obviously, there's, like, the viral trend of white women, you know, like, Amy Cooper, you know, the woman who called the cops on the guy in Central Park. And, like, mm-hmm. there is history of, in our nation, of white women, for lack of a better term, playing the victim or playing up, like making themselves the face of oppression. And so, I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I think that for me and even for you, it might just be like my following is overwhelmingly women. Um, so it's not like I have a lot of men who engage with my content anyway. So that might just be like who's seeing it and who's angry about it. But yeah, I have gotten some messages that have been bizarre to say the least. <laughs> bizarre. And, yeah. And Absolutely. It's been interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My following is mostly women as well. And the women, the white women who have been criticizing my posts are not doing so because they're, you know, racist or being racist or whatever. Like they're doing it. It's hard to explain. It's like, they want to be like the number one anti-racist person. And it's like, this is not a competition. You know, that's my, that's my thought, but there's so much depth there. And like you said, we can't please everybody. It's okay. It's a really healthy thing to learn that if you're going to be online, you can't be everyone's cup of tea. So that has helped with, with that kind of stuff. And I'm sure you've been dealing with it a lot as well. So I know your following has multiplied recently because of your viral videos and a lot of the content that you've been sharing. So how does that feel? It's been, it's been good question mark. It's been weird. I think that, um, honestly, like it's difficult for me to even really process because I, I don't know. I've just been like, okay, so I'll just put it this way. I think that from a professional standpoint, like the idea of having your following quadruple in three weeks is like, okay, like that is awesome. Like people are listening and people are following you. But I think that the reason behind it all, like the reason behind people following, the reason behind me making videos in the first place is because of this like civil unrest that's happening in our country that is long overdue in some, res- some regards, you know, because we basically have seen these incidents back to back to back of hate crimes and police brutality and, you know, people being falsely accused. You know, I think that George Floyd's death was definitely the catalyst for this movement that we've 
that we've seen, but it, it was also like the millionth straw on the camel's back. So all of that to say that I, I felt strange about it because even though like the response has been overwhelmingly positive and it's been awesome getting to like meet so many people and to talk to so many people, I don't know. The reasoning behind it all is just still obviously like not a, good, a great thing, you know? I mean, totally. Yeah. So I've definitely had conflicted emotions. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. I mean, ultimately it's so deserved that you have all these more people following you. I love what you're sharing and Mm -hmm. I'm happy that they're there, but I totally hear what you're saying because it's complicated. Yeah. Complicated feeling, complicated catch 22, but at least they're, they're there now and your brand will just continue to evolve. And, and soon you'll be a mommy vlogger to add to your list of things. I can't believe it. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. So I want to ask you some of the rapid fire questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. So do you know what your sun rising and moon signs are? I don't. And I feel so bad because (laughs) like I, I'm, I'm just not an astrology person. I know what my sign is, but okay, I don't. So what's your what's your sign? I'm a Cancer. So, oh, so when's your birthday? July fifth, the day after. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is coming up. I'm so excited. I love Cancers. So many people in my life are Cancers. My mom, my brother, my cat, my best friend's birthday is today. Oh um, my gosh! beginning of cancer season. So that's amazing. Um, well, if you know what time you were born or if you can figure it out, I can always look it up for you. Your rising and your moon sign and your human design. Okay. I will, interested. I will find out and I will, I will let you know. I mean, I know where I was born. I don't know what time. Right. Well, if you find out and if you want, if you want to know, I can look it up. Okay tell you because I love that kind of stuff, but cancers are super special. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, what's one question you've never been asked in an interview that you wish you had been asked? (laughs) That is such a fun question. (laughs) It's hard. I'm trying to think of, I was going to say my most embarrassing moment, but so many embarrassing things happened to me that I don't even know if I have <laughs> maybe one one of your embarrassing moments okay so, a re- so the one that sticks out in my mind is I just feel like this is like a great indicator of my personality I was talking to one of like my husband's friends and he mentioned his upcoming wedding and he was like he's like oh like I need to check with my wife but um but like, I'm pretty sure you guys are invited. Um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And the next time that I saw him, he was like, oh, um, I checked with her and you guys are on the list. Which Okay, so I thought he said are on the list, but he said aren't on the list. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fun. When is it? We love weddings. Like, we're totally like king and queen of the dance floor. Like, I'm just like babbling. Like, where are you registered? Blah, blah, blah. And he interrupted me. He was like, I said you guys weren't on the list. Like, oh you guys my god! On the list, and I was like, okay. <laughs> "Great, that's totally fine." But I feel like things like that happen to me so regularly that it's just—I don't know. I feel like I typically talk about like really serious subjects, but I'm totally just like a goofball who is always in awkward situations. That's so funny. I can definitely relate. Yeah, it's, it's you just have to laugh. You do. You just have to laugh it off. What are your favorite foods? I am a huge, huge, huge sushi person. So pregnancy has been very difficult. Oh my God. Yeah. You can only eat, like you can eat certain types of raw sushi, but you have to limit it. You can't eat any tuna. So like, I love sushi and I love poke and it's been rough. It's been really rough, but I... That's like my first meal after I give birth. It's going to be a spicy tuna roll. I'm so excited. Yum. Okay. Well, that's coming up soon. So I'm sure you're very excited. Oh, so excited. Sushi's the best. Yes. What is your favorite workout? I am admittedly, I mean, maybe it's because I've spent so much of the past like 
year and a half pregnant. And I'm not one of those pregnant people who stays active, unfortunately, (laughs) but I love, love, love dance workouts. So when I'm not pregnant, that's like going to a dance class. I guess when I'm not pregnant and there's not a pandemic, (laughs) going to dance class is like my favorite thing in the world. That's so fun. Love dancing. Who are some of your mentors in this life? Um, you know, I would say that uh, my honest answer is my mom and dad. I pretty much run every big decision by them, which I used to be embarrassed by, but I honestly feel like so many of my friends don't have good relationships with their parents or don't have good parents. So I'm, you know, now I'm kind of like, actually, it's kind of cool that I can trust them with pretty much everything. I mean, even when I was like quitting my job and like leaping into freelance, like they like helped me and Wagner, my husband kind of figure out like, okay, like, does this make sense? Does this not make sense? I've called my mom a million times already just preparing for the baby because I'm, I'm just so clueless about what you need for a baby. Um, so yeah, my parents, that's the best. I know. I'm the same way with my parents. They're like my favorite people in the world. And we're so lucky, truly, to have that relationship. So so special. I love that. Are you a morning person or a night person? Night person, a million percent. Same all the way. Coffee, Coffee or tea? Coffee when I'm not pregnant. Unfortunately, during both pregnancies, the smell alone has made me like so nauseous. Oh no. Uh, Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting it back, but I have been drinking a lot of chai tea and matcha tea during pregnancy. So that's been fun, but both, I'll say both. Yeah. Both. Love that. Um, If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? I don't know. I would say maybe like a, like a royal blue. I, I can't give you a reason why that's just what came to mind. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> so we'll go with it. So cool. Um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice 10 years ago, what would it be? Oh my gosh. To stop freaking, okay, wait, wait, let me see. 10 years ago, I would have been going on 17. To stop freaking out about the future and to just enjoy being a kid. I was like one of those like super type A neurotic kids who even in high school was like, where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do with my life? What's my five-year plan? And I wish that I would, because I mean, even now I'm about to turn 27 and I still have no idea what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I love like that. I said, give myself. Yeah. To go with the flow a little bit more. Yeah. Chill out. Chill out for sure. I love that you're about to be 27. You're still so young and have <laughs> so much ahead of you. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm super excited. I think it'll be a really good year. Oh, definitely. New mom, new baby. Yes. You're 27. We'll be able to go out in public again. I hope. <laughs> maybe. We'll yeah, see. maybe. <laughs> we will see about that. No, I think it's going to be such a good year. I feel it. Um, oh. And then what's on the horizon for you? I mean, so I, th- I guess we kind of know, but. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the baby has kind of stopped me from making any real concrete plans for anything, which hasn't been bad. Um, like I'm, I'm usually like, I feel like my personality is very much like onto the next thing, like always planning and plotting. So it's been kind of nice to slow down because I don't, I like, I haven't made any plans past August because I don't know what life will be like or what she'll be like, or like whether I'll get lucky and have like a super chill baby that I can just adapt to my life or whether it's going to be like, I don't sleep for months, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of like, just going to figure it out when she gets here, I guess. That's so exciting. Do you guys have a name picked out? We have a couple. We've like, gone back and forth. I feel like I grew up with like a very unique name that people got wrong a lot. So I'm just so torn because like, I don't want to give her a name that people are going to butcher and that like, she feels like insecure about, but also don't want her to be like one of five, like Emily's or Katie's. So yeah, I mean, we, I feel like I had like boy names, like 
totally picked out because I was convinced I was having a boy. Um, but now that it's a girl, I'm just so indecisive. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see what you guys choose. I love Thank it. You. Yeah. yeah I'm super excited. Oh, and tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. Okay. So my Instagram handle is my first, middle, and last name. So it's a mouthful, but it is Ayana Gabrielle Lage, A-Y-A-N-A-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E-L-A-G-E. Love it. And we will link that in the show notes too, so people can find you. And is there anything, if you have a final message for our listeners, like a tip or an action step or anything that you would that comes to mind? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that the one thing that I hope resonates with people just like from the anti-racism viral frenzy that we've had is that this is, this will take years for us to like fully, for us to fully dismantle and, and undo. Um, You know, I mean, it will take just, it'll take legislation, but it'll also take, I it just like there's so many aspects to it. Like there's no quick fix. Um, so I mean, I think that my biggest tip or my biggest hope is that people don't feel burnt out, you know, because I have seen some of that, like people already feeling tired and feeling like this is a drag. It's like, no, like this has been the way that our country has been since before its inception, really, you know, so it's, it's going to take some time and a lot of work to make things better, but yeah, not to give up or lose hope. Beautiful. I love that. That's such a good tip because it is going to take time. So don't burn yourself out now yes. when we're just getting started. Great tip. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. For being it's here. been so much fun. I know. It's so fun to talk to you. I love your content. I love your blog, your outfits. Oh my gosh. You're so, so fun to follow. So thanks for for coming on and I'm excited for everyone to check you out. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ayana. She is so inspiring. I loved getting to know her and chatting with her and learning more about her life, her experiences with racism and the Christian church and how she overcame that and her path to becoming a blogger and just her life with her husband. I really enjoyed getting to know her. I love following her on Instagram. She's fabulous. Check her out. So thank you so much to Ayana for coming on. Be sure to check out our sponsor for today's episode, Go Macro. Use that code BLONDE to get 30% off plus free shipping on gomacro.com. Also, feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes to get a free gift from me. Send me your screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com and come say hi. Come say hi on Instagram. Tell us what your favorite part of this episode was. Tell us how you're doing today. How's your soul on fire life going? How are you doing during this wild time? All the things. Tell us. Let us know. And yeah, I'm thinking of you guys. I'm so grateful for all of you and I'm sending you so much love today and always have an amazing day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Mwah.